Hi, I'm Amanda and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas and experiences and have conversations to explore the self. By developing our own self-awareness, we can better show up for ourselves and those around us and hopefully all live happier and healthier lives. Today's episode is part two of a three-episode series on attachment styles. So if you've just tuned in here and you haven't listened to part one, then pause, head over to episode 22, and then come back here to follow on. So last week's episode was about attachment theory. All we really spoke about was what it is and the different attachment styles. Today's episode is focused on my attachment styles because we are kind of made up of a mix of them. We're really never just 100% of one attachment style. And then I'm going to be talking about how I've seen this really show up in my life and my relationships. For part three, which is next week's episode, I'll be talking through some tips on how to manage your attachment style and how to better show up for other people when you notice there's So I first did a quiz on attachment styles about three years ago and I've lost the results to that. So I've done another one and I've got some new results this time. And I, I do think that my results have changed a little bit in the past three years, but not so significantly. I, I do remember getting more or less somewhat similar results. So um, what this quiz does is it breaks up from the four attachment styles a percentage of each. So for me, I got 47% secure, 20% disorganized or fearful avoidant, 17% anxious and 16% avoidant. So the results come out and say that my attachment style is a secure attachment style. But what I see when I see this is 47% secure and 53% insecure. So it's interesting though that obviously they're taking just one whatever you get as a majority percentage of one and saying that that's it. Now, that might be a little bit unfair to me because I have done a lot of work in order to resolve a lot of trauma, to heal a lot of the wounds that I've had from childhood in order to develop somewhat more of a secure attachment. However, I must say that even now I still notice a lot of the um, insecure attachments come out in my relationship, in in friendships and other relationships around me. So in the insecure attachment styles, I got 20% disorganized out of the three. It's the highest, although they're, they're somewhat pretty similar. This is the most difficult type of insecure attachment um, and it's often seen in people who have been physically, verbally or sexually abused in their childhood. So this style develops when a child's caregivers, which are essentially their only source of safety, also become a source of fear. And I would say that I spent most of my adult life with a disorganized attachment, particularly in romantic relationships. So if I look at my childhood, I was physically, emotionally, psychologically abused. And at the same time, there were many times when I also felt really loved um, by my dad. So this is my, yeah, this was my relationship with my dad. He was like the hero 
and the villain of my story. And when I was scared and felt that my physical safety was being compromised, I really didn't then have anyone. I felt really alone in that. So this makes sense why then as an adult, there's this simultaneous like need and desire for love, for safety, for bonding, and also a fear towards it. Now, what this meant for me was it led to me being quite like mistrusting of people on a deep level. I think on a surface level, because I'm quite extroverted and bubbly and I get along well with people that I would almost overshare as a way to create bonds and trust. It was, I think, overcompensating so that I could create a false sense of safety if I was able to just be more open and to share more of myself, then perhaps that might earn me love. And maybe in return, then people would prove that they were trustworthy to me. I don't think any of that was happening on a conscious level, but looking back retrospectively, I can see those behaviors and I can see where there were times when I might not have necessarily wanted to open myself to people, but I think force myself to as a way Um, to assert my worth and my value. But ultimately, deep down inside, I didn't trust that people ultimately wanted to love me. And And I'm saying people are not men because I don't think that this was exclusive to only romantic relationships. I think my general tendency to be a people pleaser comes from that I was always trying to earn Uh, love, value, and worth from those around me. And that includes friendships as well. You know, when I touched base on a previous episode about dear friends of mine, my best friends, even to this day, who really allowed me to be myself, those were the relationships where it's obviously transcended such a long period of time. But over that time, I have learned that I don't have to earn their love. um, And there is a deep level of trust and safety there. So I would say in those relationships, that disorganized attachment really doesn't come out anymore. Um, However, in my romantic relationships, they were, yeah, they definitely showed up and they were very loud. (laughs) Um, Now, for people with disorganized attachments like myself, we want to be loved. We want to love and to be loved. And on the other hand, I can recognize I was also really afraid to let anyone in because there was this deep sense of fear that they, you know, I would also get hurt by the same people. And that makes sense because with my relationship with my dad, he was a source of love and comfort. And at the same time, a major source of fear. So the same person who was giving me love was the same person who was hurting me. And this cycle, what it does, I guess, is it just conditioned me to really believe that those two things simultaneously would come from one individual. So for me, I was always expecting and waiting for rejection and disappointment and inevitably some kind of hurt 
for me, I, I remember having conversations with previous partners and saying, like, deep down, that's just something that I expect. And even with my current partner, he knows a lot about um, my past and my previous relationships. And that's what, I, you know, I've shared that with him is I know that there's a sense of trust that already exists there. There's a, a baseline of trust and I do trust him so much. But deep down, there is a part of me that, you know, from my attachments, from my childhood is waiting to get hurt and feels that it's inevitable. And it's it's a small part. It really isn't what most of me believes anymore. Um, but for sure, in my earlier relationships, that's definitely what I was expecting. And I think when you have this kind of attachment, this type of mindset can turn into self-sabotage almost where you kind of end a relationship preemptively um, because you know that it's going to happen. So yeah, and this can be kind of somewhat a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now in my intimate relationships, I could see different aspects being brought out in terms of my insecure attachments, as well as space where my secure attachment would come out too. So let's share and hear all about that. Hey, my first relationship was with someone who was very aggressive and angry and he would get violent when he was angry. And even though it wasn't directly towards me, general aggression, violence towards himself, um, was really scary. And I think that was me picking someone who induced the same fear that I was used to through childhood. And it really was essentially just a mirror of my relationship with my dad. So in terms of the level of control, the level of aggression, the anger, the way that conflict was dealt with. And at the time, you know, you can know that this is not something you want right? And I've, I've shared a bit about this in my episode about um, toxic relationships, but there is on a conscious level, not a desire to have this kind of relationship, but because of things like attachment bonds that you form in childhood, because of this subconscious, uh, I guess, like need to resolve something this is just how it comes out. So rather than being able to, well, I just wasn't aware of it. So it's more like because I wasn't aware of actually what was going on for me, I wasn't able to see that full picture and see what I was trying to resolve and figure out in my relationship with my dad. And so it just replayed in a romantic relationship. Now, I don't remember much of my next relationship, but I do think that I self-sabotaged that one a bit. It, again, there was still this fear that I was going to get hurt. I was going to get cheated on. Um, and I do know that my behavior at that time, what I would do would be to pick fights in order to see how aggressive my partner would become. I think what I was trying to do subconsciously was to see how angry someone would get and if they would take that out on me. And it was just this way of being like, well, at least I know, like, it's better that I push you to the edge so that 
I can see how angry you'll get. And then I, I have the full picture. So I know how scared I need to be. And that's so sad and so unhealthy and toxic. And again, it was just me not recognizing these deep wounds that I had within myself um, and this trauma that I'd carried around with me and how to heal that. So rather than being able to communicate my fears um, clearly to my ex, I would just, I guess, like sabotage in this way. And I think, yeah, part of that relationship was this dynamic playing out was just me sabotaging and then it kind of being somewhat a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, the next relationship was my longest one and that provided a, a great space for me to actually work through and heal a lot of my attachment wounds, I would say. Um, this relationship helped me shift my attachment styles. I would say that I came into the relationship far more anxious and disorganized and came out far more secure. Uh, part of that is because it's within this relationship that I started going to therapy and doing a lot of work on myself, but also because there was a much safer space. My ex was not someone who was angry or aggressive. Um, if anything, probably a part of him was somewhat avoidant because he would want to pull away. Uh, and when I learned how to communicate the impact on me, we were able to really communicate a lot more clearly through that. So, you know, through that relationship, I developed a stronger sense of trust. And I think for me, trust is something that's built significantly over time, which is pretty normal. Um, you know, I don't think that you, that you come into a relationship with this full fledged, I trust you with absolutely everything. It's just, there's this baseline that we go into it with. And then over time that's built upon. And because we were together for so long, I did develop so much more trust. And because it was a willingness for both of us to resolve conflict in a healthy way, um, that trust built upon itself as well. And I felt very secure in the relationship. And I would say that if in that relationship, if someone had said to me, for instance, you know, oh, your partner's cheating on you, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, there was a lot of security and assurance there. So, and that wasn't the case for the whole relationship, but certainly over time, as I w worked through and resolved a lot of my own stuff, um, the space that he held for me really allowed that. So I definitely felt more securely attached, but I can also see that from time to time, I also would self-sabotage in that relationship. Um, I, again, would almost do this like testing thing of pushing to see whether he would stay. And I'd Again, it, this is not on a conscious level. Like a lot of this, when we talk about attachment styles, it's stuff that comes out because of subconscious beliefs. So as someone who, with a, who, you know, had a disorganized attachment, I have this like deep longing for love 
and yet am so fearful of rejection and so fearful of abandonment. So it's this kind of like weird push and pull. Now for my anxious part, that would come out then and come out as like someone quite clingy and needy if I wasn't able to, I guess, like be aware of thoughts and feelings that were overwhelming coming out for me and then regulate that within myself. So yeah, that relationship allowed me to shift a lot more of myself. But again, because attachment styles are formed from childhood, it's pretty hard to ever just like completely pull yourself out of it. Um, I did learn though to express myself a lot better in the relationship and slowly over time it did feel safe to do so. So I do believe that certain relationships help to bring about certain attachment styles more than others in, and that can be both in, I suppose, like a positive and negative way. And I also actually want to make clear here that, you know, when we talk about attachment styles, it's not about something being labeled as good or bad. If you have found out that your attachment style is more insecure than it is secure, that's okay. That's very normal. About half of, I think the estimation is about like half the world have um, insecure attachments. And that makes sense because we're not in control of it. And the important thing here is by being aware of it, we get to then make active decisions. And so for me, when I learned about attachment styles, I then was conscious to certain behaviors thoughts and feelings that would arise from me. And that meant I now had a better opportunity to respond thoughtfully and to regulate myself. Now, my last relationship was with someone who was very, very avoidant. Um, And avoidance typically almost like feel like they don't need anyone. It's this hyper-independence you know, walls up, pull away kind of thing. So he was very much quite the opposite of my ex-husband and this fully brought out the anxious attachment in me more than anything. And I found myself almost like spiraling down some chains of thoughts and beliefs that was so foreign and new to me. So when I started learning about attachment styles, I was like, this is really bizarre because The way that I'm answering questions to the quiz right now in this relationship is not how I would have answered it in my last relationship. So I, you know, depending on the people we surround ourselves with in each particular relationship, your attachment style might change. It's somewhat a spectrum more than anything. So we don't need to be boxed into a particular thing. And and when you get results and you say, whatever, you're 50% this. Well, that could also mean that in certain relationships, you might feel far more securely attached and that might go up or down. And in another relationship, you might not. It's okay. And attachment styles will will change somewhat slightly. It's just being aware of it. 
Individuals with anxious attachment styles are typically much more sensitive and attuned to their partner's needs, um, but they feel somewhat insecure and anxious about themselves and their own worth in a relationship. So there's that questioning of, am I worthy? And for me, that's been a question for most of my life is like, am I worthy to be loved? And so when you're rejected or a loved one fails to respond to their needs, there's this tendency to then just blame yourself and label yourself as not being worthy of love. And that was the case for me in the last relationship was just really pulling me back into these feelings from my childhood going right back to, well, I don't, I don't deserve love and I'm not worthy of it. And I, and I don't feel any sense of value. And I think in part, this was because of the communication that happened around conflict. And when I would express my feelings, um, I felt shut down because my ex would get defensive and then pull away for days at a time. And so this really felt like rejection and created this cycle of me feeling unworthy to the point where I would just want to suppress any negative emotions because I was so afraid of going to that place and then getting caught up in the cycle of rejection again. Now, if I skip forward after that, I spent a lot of time healing and working through uh, these feelings, these thoughts that had arisen from the relationship beliefs that I'd come out of the relationship with and then been able to heal. And I think, yeah, just resolve within myself and truly see myself as I am and love myself again. So that work had to happen for me to be where I am now in my current relationship, which is honestly the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, Thank God. And my partner's done so much work on himself to be who he is today. And he's a very confident and secure man who just communicates so clearly and lovingly with me. There have been a few occasions where I've felt the need to express something and I've been afraid to. And this is in part, I think, because of this disorganized attachment, but also in part uh, from like previous relationships that kind of said to me, or especially in the last one that that essentially said, when you're upset, you don't have a right to feel that way. And I'm going to pull away if you express it. So there is a bit of that fear. And when I've let him in on that, um, rather than running away or ignoring it, I've leaned in and that's been quite uncomfortable to just get vulnerable and let him in on that and say, you know, this is something I'm afraid of sharing for these reasons, but I'm going to anyway. And I ensure that I'd spend some time regulating myself first. And then when I communicate it with him, he has always just held a really safe space for me to share openly. And as a result, you know, I feel very seen and very supported and can see that this is also slowly helping to heal me. And I don't think that it's anyone's job to heal you. And I'm not saying at all that my partner is the one doing the work to heal me. However, what he is allowing for is facilitating a space because he doesn't take on my stuff that arises personally. Um, And there's not this 
instant need to fix anything for him. It's just hearing me out and really allowing me to be myself and come as I am and loving me anyway. And so that's just brought out and reinforced those more secure parts, the parts that are confident in the relationship. And when I'm alone, the part that doesn't have to worry about rejection or a fear of abandonment, there's this ongoing building of trust there as well. And I don't think that the insecure attachment styles in me will ever necessarily go away. But what I do know is that I can continue to be aware of when these parts come up and then manage it with the tools that I have. So next week's episode, I'll be going into tips to manage your attachment style and how to better support your partner or your loved ones when you become aware of their attachment needs. If you haven't figured out what your attachment style is, then please check out the resources in the show notes. I'll include a link to a quiz that you can do. And this is the same quiz that I've done. The questions within the quiz alone are really thought provoking. And I think there's so much value, whether you are a fan of taking these type of, you know, personality quizzes or whatever. I think there's a lot of value in just asking yourself some of these questions. Um, And then once you have an idea of that, I encourage you to ask some people around you, you know, maybe your best mates or your partner, if they know what their attachment style is and If they haven't, maybe share the quiz with them. I'm also going to include a bunch of other resources that I've found really helpful over the last few years in understanding my attachment needs better. And, you know, some of these resources have helped with the tools that I've got at my disposal now in order to help myself. Um, And then, yeah, next week we will finish off with part three. So as always, thank you so much for your support and for listening or watching this podcast. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review it. You can also leave a comment, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, give it a thumbs up. And you can also follow this podcast on Instagram at self double underscore podcast, or you can follow me at Amanda Latran. That's Amanda L-E-T-R-A-N. I release episodes every Thursday and I will see you next week. Bye.